Welcome to the Hammer Lane, a private podcast dedicated to the employees of Enterprise Transportation. Your host and Vice President of Trucking, Casey Teague, will cover topics that are important to you, our favorite employee. Posted once a month, we hope you find this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. From interviews answering your questions, we'll try and cover all that's relevant to our business. If you have questions you'd like addressed, email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. That is, again, thehammerlane at eprod.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to our first of hopefully many podcasts. As we kick this effort off, I wanted to present something kind of special. So I've got a special guest who's going to talk about an initiative that I think we will all appreciate. You know him as Jim Teague, CEO. I know him as Dad. And I think it's, it's pretty neat that our first episode of The Hammer Lane begins by hosting my dad as, as he shares some really good news with all of us. I wanted to begin, though, with a few introductions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host for this podcast, and my name's Casey Teague. I've been with Enterprise Trucking for seven and a half years. That's following a 22-year in uniform in the United States Army. If you would have said, after leaving the service, I'd be working with, with trucks, I never would have believed you. But here I am, and i, I got to say, I absolutely love working with you guys. Some days are better than others, but most days are pretty great. With that, let's, let's get on to the interview. And uh, so listeners have some background Ed, why don't you provide some uh, some information about yourself, like how'd you get to Enterprise, how long you've been here, and most importantly, I think, what's your vision for the for the future of Enterprise? Well, Casey was an Army officer, but he wasn't good enough to be a Naval officer like his dad was. <laughs> um, you know, I, I grew up in Louisiana. Went to a little uh, East Texas Baptist College. Spent four years in the Navy. Um, spent a year with an attack helicopter squadron in v in the Mekong Delta, Vietnam. After I got out of uh, out of the service, I went through several uh, sales jobs. I've got a lot of windshield time, calling on different accounts. Then I got lucky enough. I got with Dow Chemical. I got a job with Dow Chemical. I spent 22 years there, ended up as vice president of hydrocarbon feedstocks. Um, in that job, I traveled all over the world, uh, from uh, Saudi Arabia to Japan to Iraq to Kuwait, I mean, Algeria, and um, met a lot of interesting people, but more importantly, I learned a lot about hydrocarbons. I took early retirement from Dow. I went to Shell to run their midstream business ended up selling that to dan and um i've been here for now 22 years you know when i came our enterprise value and that's your market cap plus debt was a billion and a half dollars today it's 80 billion dollars we went public in 1999 so it's been one heck of a ride our vision well the vision that we've always had is we're going to have a value chain. And that means whatever we build or buy has to fix fit what we already have. 
So if I've got a processing plant in Wyoming, which we do, then the liquids out of that processing plant's going in pipelines we own, into fractionators we own, and into um, storage and a distribution system that we own. We don't pay anybody, uh, third parties, along the way we pay ourselves. And that gives us the ability to leverage a much longer value chain as we seek new business. We have become quite large in petrochemicals. We are, once we have a, our second PDH, and that's propane dehydrogenation plant, once we have that online uh, next year, we will be the largest merchant propylene producer in the world. And, and so, so everybody knows when you say petrochemicals, with relation to trucks, we, we haul iMix to several customers, and that comes from our... That's, that's, that's part of our petrochemical business. Right. So uh, as to the future, um, I'd like to see us grow the petrochemical business. I don't know that we're going to build another PDH. We are building a storage trading and distribution hub for both ethylene and propylene. We, we can uh, export both of those products. We will, um, we're, we're doubling our capability with ethylene. The other thing we have in our NGL system, we are literally pipeline connected to every ethylene plant in the United States, which cannot be duplicated. I like the idea of expanding our export capability because I believe if you look at the fundamentals, you're going to export every incremental barrel of crude or, or propane or butane that's produced has to be exported. Our domestic demand is going to be flat. We're looking at ways, uh, more creative ways to create more propylene that don't re doesn't require us to spend $2 billion on a PDH plant. And then we are permitting a ter an offshore terminal to export crude oil. It's uh, going to be 35 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico and 115 foot of water, and it'll be able to load crude at 85,000 barrels a day so you can load a BLCC. A BLCC is a very large crude carrier that, that carries 2 million barrels of crude oil. You'll be able to load those in, uh, in, in one day. I wonder how many trucks that is. Uh -huh. Well, to buy 2 million by, what do you all carry, 200? A hundred and call it one hundred and eighty. I don't do math in public. It must, it's it, it's a hell of a lot of trucks. <laughs> so um, you know, I, we we my goal, and I won't be here to see it, but how do we position this company so that it's here in a hundred years? And um, I think um, deeper into petrochemicals, and I'm talking primary petrochemicals. And then uh, things like connectivity with pipelines and export capability goes a long way. The other thing you, you, you see us doing is repurposing pipelines. So we've got a ethane pipeline that comes out of the northeast, what's called the uh, Marcellus and Utica basins. And we move about 150,000 barrels a day of ethane. That used to be a refined products pipeline that uh, went to the northeast. We had, and it's called our TE product system. So it was um, a 20-inch, I think it is, and a 16-inch. 
that went from the Gulf Coast. We batched in it. We batched diesel, motor gasoline, propane, butanes, what have you. We weren't making any money on it. So we came up with the idea. There's a lot of ethane being produced in the Marcellus. We came up with the idea. Let's put one of the let's put the 16 inch in ethane and bring it to the Gulf Coast. So we repurposed that pipeline at a pretty reasonable cost, and we we'll put it in ethane service. So we're moving 150,000 barrels a day of ethane from the Marcellus down to the Gulf Coast. Well, the funny thing, when you, we took that pipeline out of batch service for refined products and LPG and what have you, the other pipeline, it's been on allocation uh, a good part of the time because we took the, we took the pipe out of the, out of the market. The other, what, what we're doing today, we just recently announced, is we're going to reverse. We, we're there, we've got an NGL line, uh, one of many, coming out of West Texas called Chaparral. We're going to reverse Chaparral. We're going to uh, put refined products in it, and then we're going to reverse one of our Mid-America pipelines, and we're going to take refined products and have terminals at Hobbs, um, at, um, uh, in Albuquerque, and in Grand Junction, Colorado. So we will penetrate the – we can penetrate Utah out of Grand Junction and Colorado, and uh, – the difference in gasoline prices, for example, in the summer between the U.S. Gulf Coast and, say, Salt Lake City is 80 cents a gallon. So we've got 80 cents a gallon to play with. If we only get half that, we've got a heck of a project. So um, those are the kind of things we like. If, if we've got something that's underutilized, we ask ourselves, what else can we do with it? Is that answer your question? I, th- I think it does. And and so you've obviously been around the business for a long time, and you've got a lot of relationships. Had a, You established a relationship, I think, when you were at Dow Chemical with Dan Duncan. Uh, and for those, hopefully you all know Dan Duncan is uh, our founder. When you talk about enterprise, I mean, you, you just talked about all these assets. Uh, folks talk about in the industry enterprise, and they don't really associate it with trucks. It's all our other assets. With that said, uh, I'd like I'd like to ask you to comment on on what trucks have meant to Enterprise over the over the years, and and how do we fit in to to that future, to that vision? Yeah, I was Dan's customer for about twenty five years before we worked a deal for him to buy the Shell Midstream business, and that's when I came over. I told him one time, I said, you know. It's a hell of a lot more fun being your customer than being your employee. <laughs> but uh, he was a good friend. Uh, miss him. Um, you know, we um, Casey's um, late stepmother and Dan's wife, who also died, were uh, were pretty tight. We'd go to the Double D Ranch with them a lot. Uh, they'd both get pit, and the, the the two wives would get pretty irritated at us because we probably drink until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but when you talk about trucks and you say how oh, enterprise is um, thought about with uh, assets like pipeline storage and processing, well, that isn't the way enterprise started. Enterprise started with trucks. Um, Dan's first job was with a company called Wanda Petroleum, and Wanda Petroleum was essentially an LPG marketing company 
and they marketed with trucks. This guy, Dan was unbelievable. He would um, he'd come into a supply meeting and ask me, say, Jim, why, uh, why'd y'all take that truck over there when you could have backhauled this one? I mean, he'd look at the damn truck schedule. It came in one day, I think we were taking... I think we are taking isobutane by truck over to Louisiana, and we were uh, bringing propylene back. And he came to office one day, and he said, uh, bet you're not pulling the vapors down on those trucks. And uh, I, I said, I, I don't know. Well, I had a half a mile Bellevue looking at those damn trucks. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, we weren't pulling the vapors down all the way. And uh, I, I went in and I said, you're right. And then they weren't pulling the vapors down. I said, but you know, Dan... I mean, hell, it's $100. He said, yeah, but Jim, it's $100. <laughs> so he always expected you to know the details of your business. Trucks are a legacy business at, um, at Enterprise. And um, I can't see any way we don't always have trucks because that's legacy. Uh, what they mean, though, in today's age... They extend the value chain. So if you got trucks out in um, the Permian going out to places where there aren't any pipelines, then that's an extension of that crude oil value chain. Right. Same thing with LPG. There's places that we don't have pipelines that we deliver LPG. So the trucks are an extension of the value chain. Right. And um, the fact that their legacy, I think, is, uh, is uh, I mean, he, he loved trucks, and he knew everything about trucks. So any of you guys in the trucking business that think you know it all, I can promise you, he knew more in his little finger about trucks than any of us will ever know. Um, does that answer your question, Casey? It, it does, and, it, and, and personally, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of, of trucking because I know that's that's the roots of enterprise are embedded in, in trucks. And I think that's pretty special. You know, you, 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 you're having these podcasts, and I wonder when you have safety meetings, you ever think about having one of the commercial guys come out and give a presentation as to what enterprise system looks like? We, we have um, on the crude side. It'd probably be smart to, to do that with our LP group. Yeah, but and it, our marketers, our lease team guys, go out, particularly in South Texas. They've done a really good job of getting out in front of these guys and explaining. Is that where Erica is now? I'm not sure if she's out and about right now. but uh, No, but I mean, it's her area. Oh, yeah, yeah, Erica yeah. Franz. Yeah, and they, they do a fantastic job. And I, and I believe Will gets out there, too, and gets in front of those guys periodically. Good. But you ought to tell them about LPG, too. Yeah, we haven't done that. Yeah, let them see the whole system because our business model – doesn't change with the commodity. We believe in our business model, so we have that value chain business model in crude oil and natural gas liquids and petrochemicals and refined products. And, um, you know, what, another thing we're doing right now is um, we've formed a group. Um, we call it our Evolutionary Energy Technology we refuse to use the word energy transition because uh, you, you'll be using more crude oil in 2050 than you use today because we got 3 billion people on this planet that are in energy poverty. We're going to add another billion in 10, 12 years. 
most of it in undeveloped countries or developing countries, and they want what we have. And you're not, they're not going to get it with solar panels and windmills. I'm of the opinion that you have, you, you, you're going to need all the above. You're going to need fossil fuels. You're going to need solar panels. You're going to need batteries because you're going to have a growing, growing need for energy. There's a direct relationship between your quality of life and your energy use per capita. So we've got this group that's looking at how do we play a role in, um, in this energy evolution. And uh, one of the places I think we can play a role, and we just signed a letter of intent with Oxy to work with them, is carbon capture and sequestration. We know how to build and operate pipelines. So I could see our role being to transport the CO2 to a place where somebody else has the sequestration well. Uh, and 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 sequester it. And y'all are hauling some pie oil right now. I think not a lot, but, but not, some. Yeah, not a whole lot. But we but, are. What, but pie oil comes from plastic recycling, right? And then it looks like a naphtha, and it goes back into a chemical plant to be cracked back into ethylene. So we're looking at okay, how do we play a role in that? And uh, we've got a pretty pretty good group that that um, they're all chemical engineers, smartest everything. Uh, we're looking at a group that um, are looking at the technologies and then looking how we could apply them to our systems. Are there any pipelines we could convert to CO2 service, another repurposing opportunity? So uh, I, I personally think that this is gonna get, this is something that we can build a business around. Well, the, the, the first quarter, Enterprise did really well uh, for the first quarter. Uh, and based on that, I think uh, you've got a new initiative uh, that I believe you wanted to uh, to discuss on on this uh, this episode. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about how we did financially, and what your challenge is uh, to the company for the rest of the year? Oh yeah, and um, it, we had a we had a record year in uh, 2019 uh, over over billion eight billion dollars. And EBITDA. And EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It takes all the noise out, one-time events and all that stuff. Right. And um, and uh, then in 2020, even with the COVID year, we made we were at 98% of our record year. And everybody remembers, nobody was driving cars. Demand dropped off the face of the earth. Crude oil went to a negative $37. I mean, it was a but, – but what we've always done is we have a very strong marketing group for every business. And, um, and, and whenever crude oil falls, invariably spreads widen. So back in 2020 – uh, the day that crude oil went negative, our guys saw that there's not going to be any buyers when the when the NYMEX contract expires. Now, we didn't predict negative prices, but we thought this thing could get down into single digits. And then it was going to be, uh, um, you know, when that happens, the price in the future is always higher. So you buy the low price and you sell out a couple of months and you make money. Well... We had about we kept our we kept all our our powder dry with our storage. We didn't we, we we didn't fill up our storage, 
And um, uh, when that thing, I remember talking to Brent Sechrist. The contract expired on Tuesday. I remember talking to him on Sunday night, and it was Brent's idea. Um, I said, you think this thing's going to happen tomorrow? He said it could. Well, that thing felt like, it, it, it felt like a rock. And we had, we had about 12 million barrels of storage available. And we were putting, we, we were buying, people were paying us to take their crude oil. And we're selling it for the next month, making $50, $60 a barrel. So you think about that. So our marketing group, it, we're in a very volatile business. As a company, we embrace volatility. We're not going to hide from it. We're not going to curl up in a corner. We're going to embrace it, and we've got the kind of a footprint that we can uh, when, it, when it, we can embrace that volatility, and we make a lot of money embracing it. So, 2021, uh, we made what 8.4 billion. So, when we had our analyst conference. One of the analysts asked me, said, uh, "What do you see in the future?" And I didn't say we were going to make $9 billion this year. All I said was, uh, you know, I'm tired of making of these eights every year. I'm looking right. forward to the time we can make a nine. Well, a lot of them thought I was giving them a forecast, <laughs> which we've had to call them and remind them. So I came up with the idea, and I was sitting with Tug Hanley, and I said, you know, why don't we have a contest or, or, or a goal? that we're going to make nine, over $9 billion in 2022. And we had a good start in the first quarter. I think we made 2.4. So I said, but I, what do we call it? And Tug said, well, why don't we call it Project 9? Right. I said, okay, that's, that's the name of it, and you're the chairman. So our goal is to make nine billion, over $9 billion in EBITDA in 2022. And we've never done that, right? Oh no, that we we've never we've never done that. And um, what we this project nine, the idea is our commercial people have uh, they got to find every penny on the ground and 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 um, and put it in our back pocket. But everyone and 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 if we make that nine billion dollars, we're committed that we're going to write a special check to every individual in this company. And it, and just so we're clear, that includes our drivers. Oh, absolutely, it includes our drivers. We're going and, to write a check to everybody in the company. No, and, we're not telling you what it is, but I'll tell you, it's going to be more than $20. <laughs> and, um, and, then, uh, and, and the way you can help, we're not saying, hey, put off projects or, uh, hey, push out that turnaround. Uh, we're saying, and, I, and I'm a firm believer in this, I don't care what the job is. If you take a step back, you can be more efficient and you can do the job better. And that's not saying we're not doing good jobs. Sure. It's just saying everybody can take a step back, evaluate what you're doing, and you can find a way to be more efficient. It's just, just, just the way it is. Right. I believe that. So if we will all do that, and um, uh, including me, um, especially Casey, um, <laughs> if we all do that, 
we're going to make us $9 billion. In fact, we, I, I think we can do better than that. Then there's going to be a special cash bonus for every member of the, every person in this company. And I think it does something else, though. Um, I think it, I think it, I think it builds more teamwork. Right. Sure, it does. You know, I think it makes people closer and makes people prouder of the company and want to come to work. And uh, you know, I, I I told somebody one time, enterprise isn't a job; it's a calling. So it makes us all feel like owners, which we are. Sure, when you have skin in the game. Yeah. So. Uh, so you guys in trucking, you you now got skin in the game. If you want to check, let's make the nine billion dollars. I think I said I probably covered out some covered some of your other questions. Yeah, here. I think I think you did. No, that that's really good. Uh, I mean, that's that's how we fit in. You know, that that's a good point. Um, you can always step back and look at how you're operating today. And is there a way I could be a little more efficient? Do I have enough hours to preload that truck? So instead of getting two today, I get I get two and a half over the next two days. Two and a half, two and a half. But there's one thing that I want to make sure people understand. We're not going to cut back on our safety efforts in order to do this. So no shortcuts. Sure. Safety is, is, is absolutely a core value of this company. And, uh, you know... Uh, I see some guy slipping on out of the truck. Look, you know, I'm 77 years old. I've learned when I get out of a truck, I, I'm very careful. Yeah, it's so, a long way down. It's a long so be careful. Just stay safe, but look for more efficiencies. So let let me brag just a little bit. Um, it is uh, June the second, which is my son's birthday. Don't forget to call Parker. And. Uh, we have absolutely zero injuries this year, um, nor do we have – I don't think we have any recordables either. But we, we are knocking on the door of a, of a record year. I think it might be a record year already for trucking. So with regards to safety, guys, y'all are doing an amazing job. And I, I, think, I think that's probably a good place to, to close this thing out. I, I, I think challenge accepted. I uh, appreciate you coming down and, and taking some time. I know your your schedule is ridiculous. You, you, I don't guess you leave at 4, do you? No. I didn't think I, so. Last night, I think I, I left at 7, and I called my wife, and she said, uh, I think you've been up there with the guys having a drink. Well, I got a trial coming up, so I was studying my deposition. <laughs> All right. So – we, we work with some amazing folks, and, and there's plenty of them here in trucking. I think challenge is accepted, and these guys will absolutely do everything they could do to support uh, Project 9. Ladies and gentlemen, that's up to you. It's up to you guys. You, you got skin in the game, and I have no doubt we can do this. I appreciate you listening. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. I hope to get one of these things out every month. I want you guys to stay safe. I will see you on the road, and I'll probably be in the hammer lane. Thanks, guys. This has been a podcast for you, our favorite employee. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Casey and the team. 
If you would like to submit a question, remember to email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. Again, that's thehammerlane at eprod.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, do the best you can every day.